and welcome to From the Rooker End, a podcast all about life following Watford Football Club. And uh, we have just watched Watford win 3-2 uh, at home uh, against West Bromwich Albion. Uh, my name is John, with me is DCW. Hello. And Jason. Good evening. And Mike is on his way, he's, he's, he's just coming around the corner outside the Hornet shop. Dave, 3-2, were we good for that? Because, you know, when you look at the score of 3-2, you know, was it uh, we just whisked it, we just grabbed it from theirs? Do you think we were good for that result? Just about. I think... I think You were much... No, on the way up the hill, <laughs> up Occupation Road, you've listed a bunch of reasons well, why yeah, we yeah. were definitely good. Let me finish, John. I think you can say, look, we won the game 3-2. The, the, third, the third goal, the decisive goal, was fortunate in terms of the deflection. Even the second goal we scored again was fortunate in terms of the ricochet where it fell to Saar. But we did create a lot of chances. You know, Saar's hit the post. There were, there were a couple of great saves from the West Brom keeper. That goal that Semmer knocked in that was offside, that the move, the shot before that should have gone in. Good yeah. save. There was another one later on where I think it was Davis. Yeah, there's one in the first half from Davis, yeah. yeah. So we had enough chances, but I think West Brom fans would say so did they. You know, they've scored two goals again from mistake from our mm. mistakes, and then they've had a couple of free headers, one in the first half, one in the second half, and 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 situations. So if it if it had been a draw, I don't think either side could have had complaints. But we got the goal, we got the win, and we did what we couldn't do last week, and that's we held out in the last five minutes this time and we, we had the ball up our end of the pitch we got the win and I think that is a big important win for us because I think if if we'd gone six games without a win and if we'd lost that tonight I think you're you're in the red zone for, for, for <laughs> you know if you're yeah. Slavin Bilic I think you're looking over your shoulder a bit we would have been ninth if we'd lost that tonight we're now fifth back up level with Luton only 11 points off Sheffield United <laughs> ahead of Saturday Ooh, exciting times <laughs> Jason, we, we didn't do a podcast after the Burnley game, put our energy into doing the Ollie Phillips podcast that will be out in a couple of weeks. Um, do you feel like you've seen something different from, from where Watford were playing? I mean, the team, same starting t- line-up there today as we had against Burnley. Do you feel there was anything different in terms of how we played, in, in not just from the, in those two games, but since the last time we, we stood out here? I don't think so. I think it was still sort of based around patient football, wasn't it? It was quite deliberate build up and I think what what was key was that we took the lead each time I think if, if we hadn't if we'd gone behind I think we'd have, we'd have been in trouble but we yes we did get a bit of luck with the, with the with the goals I think but that first goal and that first half in particular nothing happened for, for almost 20 oh minutes absolutely nothing happened. oh here's Mike hi Mike <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean where are they hey, hey, Jace just uh, hang on hang. you can't underplay what you just said though there Jace <laughs> nothing happened I mean, uh, I mean it was just both sides were sort of like oh, should, we, should we bother no probably not <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that if I knew it was on my shoulder um, <laughs> um, yeah so nothing happened we got the goal and then we, we seemed to control the game and manage the game really well um and the second half felt felt very different for what happened in the second half. But yeah, where we're talking about looking at things where we deserve to win it, I thought the first half was probably summed up quite nicely how Slaven probably wants to see the games go. That it, it's it's us taking the lead, it's us then managing and controlling the game, really restricting the opposition, and we're the ones still creating the better chances. Okay, on another day, we will and should be taking them. But but generally, yeah, the the first half I thought half time we were certainly good value for the lead mm. Michael what ho <laughs> Mike that the conservativeness let's call it of of how Watford sort of seemed to be playing you or do, do you put it down to that or do you put it down to the fact that in that first half 
they were being two rows, we're going to break you down. We got nobody, and we had nobody really to sort of try and thread a ball over or even find a, a, a margin through there. Do you put any of that down to, like you say, as Jason said, like down to Slavan with some sort of yeah, strategy? It's obviously how he wants to set them up because that's how he did set them up. And it's, you know, Davis up top on his, on his own. We know you're not going to get a massive burst of pace from him. He's, he's a good hold up player. But it was pretty obvious the way they set up and the, what made it pretty bad. I mean, the Sky cameras, the, the old Sky executives must have been sort of going through the small print seeing if they could get a refund for, the, uh, for their investment because it, West Brom was set up pretty similarly as well. They weren't able to... Um, just, there was just no interest in, in risking anything going forward from either side until, until Watford broke the deadlock and then the, um, the dam really should have burst and Watford should have put the, the game beyond West Brom before that what we just saw ensued so it's definitely how Slav sets them up and whether it's the right thing or not I don't I don't know I mean we've we've summarily failed all season and not just this season to make the best of our offensive assets we've never really solved that conundrum and to be honest we don't we still really don't look like like doing it what we did do in that second half and I know I'm skipping ahead and just spoke to Andy my brother we had a couple of shots mm-hmm. and lo and behold we got a couple of goals and um, but in terms to answer your question, yeah, I think that's exactly how 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 he was set up, and you want to you want to nick one and then build and then build on it, and that would almost look like it was going to work because we got the first goal and then we were on top. The West Brom fans who had been pretty buoyant up until that point, looking to see their team get a, a decent result away from home, they booed West Brom off at half time. I don't know if you could hear that down yeah. your end, but they were very. Yeah, the, the, the tide turned very, very quickly when it came to West Brom and their fans. So they were booed off that. So that showed how quickly the momentum did shift. And I guess you could argue that that, is, um, that shows that Slavin Bilic is right with the way he set up. Because had Watford gone in 2 0 up, which they should have done, he's vindicated, isn't he? Because the people around us, DCW, many of them get frustrated at that sort of strategy. They want go, 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 goals, goals, goals. Do you think that that's wise? And for, you know, tonight, you can say it paid off. We're going to play Sheffield United. And we played different against Burnley last week. Do you think he's adapting to the league as he knows it and he's managing it? Or are we still got a bit of a limit with our squad? Because is, is, Kone for me was the, was the most conservative. He wasn't really doing anything. He wasn't striving forward on a few occasions. It just sort of feels like if there was a little in-round loser in there... Would our strategy change massively? I think, I don't know if the strategy would change massively, but just having him on the pitch, he is the sort of player who is going to be able to spot a pass and execute it perhaps better than any of the other midfielders. I, I, you know, I don't think Kone, Kone was that bad. He had a little no. run towards the end of the first half. I think he's, again, we, we've said it several times on this podcast, the fellas had very few amount of senior games just because he's played at a World Cup he's still 20 years old and this time last year he, has, he wasn't really a professional footballer yeah. you know, so we've got to remember that there's potential there but that's what it is at the moment I, I, I like him I think, yeah. he, I think he does the right things tries to do the right things he's positive he's, he's, he's mobile I think we were obviously you know don't forget we were going into this game of a bad run of form confidence still not all there the squad is pretty much back now but it's as you say it's still not quite firing on all cylinders they're still quite not up to speed some of those players that are just coming back and I get frustrated at the fans that get frustrated sometimes do I because I I understand it of course we want to see attacking football and we saw some great attacking football in the second half but not 
it feels to me sometimes, and maybe that's part of it as well, because we've had a bad run of forms. So people are a bit less patient than they would otherwise be, and we've had and, it, and this knock-on effect of a bad few years and all that. But you can't expect every single time we have the ball something amazing to happen, and it feels like sometimes that's what people want. I do understand it, and some people maybe have been coming for for donkeys years, and they they're used to what they were used to and stuff, and maybe they still don't like this play out from the back stuff, but get used to it. Everyone does it, <laughs> yeah. and from up and down the league. And we saw it went wrong today. We saw the pass from Batman. That didn't work. But it it's, work. It's, it's, it's the percentages, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you they have worked out, not just us, most teams have worked out. If you play that way, that's the way to control possession, move your way up the pitch, and, you know, win, win more games than you lose. And it's frustrating when it doesn't work, but when it does work, it's great. And I just, you know, I think we do need a little bit more patience at times <laughs> the thing on Kone as well we sort of talk about him being conservative although at times he was sort of moving the ball forward and he didn't have much in terms of movement in front of him Davis was crowded out a lot of the time mm. and we know he's all about strength but when we did try and, and go beyond sort of play balls behind he, he wasn't up to sort of chasing onto them he was sort of getting beat each time and there wasn't so much movement from the wide positions either. And we obviously saw what happened with Pedro where, I mean, there were, I thought there were acres of space in midfield at times that, that like you say, Kone was able to run into and was then stopping. And the same with sort of Pedro dropping in deep as he has done in previous games to come and get the ball again in acres of space. But then it was sort of, no, it, it was very congested in front of them and, and little movement from our guys up top. So I think that, probably helped Kone in terms of his decision-making in not being able to progress once he sort of came to a stop with his runs. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The two boys at the back, well, let's talk about the, de- the defence across the board there. You know, Gaspar playing, and, you know, his best we've seen of him really was when he was makeshift centre midfielder. Um, that clearly seemed that he, that built his uh, confidence quite a lot in terms of being a, a player in the Championship. Morris starts instead of Kamara. We're told it's an injury. Um, but he hasn't completely played amazing with the same sort of level he played at the end of last season. But the centre two are coming quite a, 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 a pairing. Not quite legendary at DCW, but it, it's, it's fitting together quite nicely, isn't it? It's the first time I've seen Porteous and, and um, Hoots in the flesh. Um, and again, I, I was quite impressed. They both... Both, they're sort of all action. They, but they, they, they both want to play football. They both can spot a pass. But they, both of them had a few moments. So they have got a few moments in them. Like, you know, the the first West Brom goal was from a pass that went wrong from Hoot out to Morris, and then we didn't defend the corner properly and we concede. And there's a few little moments here and there. But I like them. I think they're a massive improvement on what we've had for the last however many years now. Um, you know. We've been saying for God knows how long that central defence has been an issue, and they finally actually done something about it. And it looks promising. They look good. You know, Cathcart will come back in at some point and supplement the two of them. Maybe, maybe give one of them a breather or whatever. But yeah, I thought they were good, and I thought the fullbacks were good as well tonight. I thought, you know, Morris again is still very young, still very raw, but I thought he played his part in the in the. Um, I think in the second goal, in the second goal, he put the ball in, yeah. which ended up resulting in, in the goal eventually. I was going to say, look, on the point about Morris as well, they, he was lining up against Still Brighton, wasn't he, sort of yeah. first half, and, I, and that worried me. I, mm. I, Morris, I'm happy with Morris in the team, coming up against an experienced winger in All Brighton. I thought he could cause us a lot of problems. I think All Brighton ended up causing Hoot more problems <laughs> than he did than he did Morris, and, and I think it's yeah, big testament to, to Morris again the fact that Albrighton gets hauled off at half time mm. Gaspar love Gaspar now confidence is there Michael I mean he made that first goal for us he, he charged forward he had the energy to, to go and, and make it happen it looks like he's finding his feet doesn't he he's sort of contributing to the, to the side in probably ways that we weren't expecting when 
when he signed. And yeah, like you say, he, uh, yeah, key contribution for the goal. And he's lasting 90 minutes. He still yeah. sort of finds himself sort of in potentially in the wrong areas of the pitch sometimes when when things invariably break down. But yeah, I think there's been a a sort of gradual softening of the stance towards him. I think from mm-hmm. the, for the for the fan yeah. base, I still think he's probably got a little way to go to convince absolutely everyone. But you have to say of the good things that Watford have managed to do over the past couple of weeks, of which it's probably still they's probably still just about outweighed by the by the not so good. He's you know you'd have to say that he's probably tipping over onto the positive side. So yeah, I think he's he looks like an asset now to me. He looks like a bit a little bit of that know-how which is going to be more important as we you know we go away at the weekend to Sheffield United. We're going to we're going to come face to face with these with these sides who are going to be in our faces. They're going to be working out how to work us out. So that little bit of extra know-how, that little bit of experience is going to come to the fore and yeah, I thought it was another it's sort of he's entertaining to watch, isn't he? Not always for the right reasons, but uh yeah, I think he's uh, he's starting to win a few people over. Yeah, we talked about Kone in midfield. Chowdhury had a, another Chowdhury performance, I think. You know, and he's definitely got. You know, as we talked about the conservative side of it, you know, he's defensive DCW. But let's talk about attack. Um, we were attacking. Is it still the best way of playing those players? Do you think DCW, particularly maybe Ishmael Asar? Because again, it's one fellow in front of me. Absolutely despises him. Well, he he couldn't well, do anything. What else do you so, want him to do? Well, exactly. He scored. He hit the post. <laughs> he played on the right wing. He was taking players on. He was putting balls into the box. Yeah, they didn't all come off. But again, it's like we expect everything he does to go smash into the top corner. And there's loads of people around us. Oh, sorry, he's just he's not up for it. He hasn't got. He's got so much ability, but he can't be asked. He, look when he scored. He's up. He's just as up for it as the rest of them. Yes, he's moody sometimes. Yes, doesn't always come off. But the bloke scored another goal tonight and could have had a few more. Well, I don't get what, it. Let's ask ask this question when we haven't got him next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because like like Dave says, I think there is that level of expectation you, that that comes with that ludicrous price tag. It's not his fault. It's not the supporters' fault. It's not the current incumbent. It's not the current squad's fault. But what you see from Mr. Lassar is a, a player that absolutely terrifies the opposition. Whether we whether you recognise that as a supporter or not, he absolutely can have them on toast. Uh, he skipped past them again tonight. He he's just a constant thorn in the side. We've seen him. Uh, his defensive work wasn't necessarily required to come back and and, and help Watford out so much at, at the back tonight, which is good. But he's been there the last couple of games. He's been in there in the, in the trenches with them, which is what I've been critical of so many times about this Watford side. Players who aren't willing to stand shoulder to shoulder and really dig in. And I think at this stage, I'm with Dave. I think criticism of, of Ismail Assar is is unjust because it's a side that is misfiring. It has been misfiring. So the fans' ire is going to go somewhere. And I guess the sort of the line of least resistance is to a player like Ismail Assar, who cost a fortune. As Dave said, he said he's moody. I know he didn't mean it. He, he, he looks moody. That doesn't mean he is. It's just, it's just the looks, way he holds I don't think he looks moody. Oh, I just think he looks, I think he's unemotional. Yeah, OK. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. I think, I think there's a big difference. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, he could, he could have left. He hasn't left. He's still here. And if we're going to enjoy the rest of this season, if we're going to go into the playoffs, if we're going to have, be successful in the playoffs, he is going to be an enormous part of that you you when the opposition are looking at this Watford side the first name that the defensive coaches are looking at as a whole will be that man it's Maynard how do we stop him him and Pedro because he's he's lethal he, it, and it, all it takes in games like this where we've won it by one goal the last games have been draws a, a moment of brilliance from him is all we need and yeah like Dave said he scored he's hit the post 
and he's had the he's had the defenders on toast again, and he looks yeah, he looks the biz for me. Again, it's fine margins, and we we have high high expectations of him, but he's not far off tonight, having two goals and two or three assists. Yeah, yeah. really. Like yeah. one bloke around us, and literally the minute the first time he got the ball, he tried us something and it didn't work out. You know, in football, yeah. uh, and he was yeah wasn't wasn't liking him. But his partnerships up front, Jason King Ken. King goals, king of the goals today. Oh, it's just amazing, isn't it? He 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 is the goat, isn't he? I mean, no, it's just incredible what he can what he can achieve when we're talking about the likes of Sar and Pedro, and we've got Arouge and Martins on the bench who, who haven't come on at all. Where we know, uh, or we are supposedly blessed with the ability that we've not seen of much of yet. And yet, there's old King Ken just sort of pushing defenders out of the way, rolling around, and and yeah, and and being in the right place at the right time. And you asked me a question. In, I think uh, in the first half about Saar sort of playing quite central mm. and Semel was having to do the same on the other side so when, when we're playing sort of three up top the way we do we need those wide players to sort of tuck in and people say oh yeah you got a bit lucky just sort of right place at the right time there's a reason he was in that place because that's where he was meant to be picking up the pieces to, to, to get that goal even when he was sort of tucking in and picking up scraps sort of from when he was sort of dropping back a bit as well, sort of picking up scraps from midfield and then driving through and sort of bringing us through. We, we talked about Kone maybe not being a, or sort of being a bit more conservative. There were times where sort of Ken was sort of going and picking up the ball and going on runs and, and looking to make things happen um, and sort of looking to sort of coming across to the other side of the pitch, working with Saar. I mean, he was on the wrong side of the pitch when he when he got. His goal. I'm sorry, Dave. I know you said. <laughs> I know you said you were giving it to Ken. That that that's an own goal for me. Oh, Bless him. Was it? Was it? I mean, he, he ain't Mike, you, you work for Opta. Did you, did you take that for Ken or what? <laughs> Ken goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and 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 what I love about Ken Semmer is he's everything, he's, Mike. Well, everything. Yeah. We love Ken. Uh, Watford looked so much better with him on the pitch and we've talked about Watford having confidence issues over the over the course of the season and you could be you could be forgiven for coming into that side and looking a bit tentative and there isn't a bit of it from Ken Semmer ever he is not the world's most talented player by any stretch of the imagination but he is so hard to play against and what I think he gives Watford is just that belief he's, he's so solid he can beat a man he, he's not afraid to have a shot as we've seen tonight, some of them on target, some of them off. <laughs> um, and I, I think Watford looked just immeasurably better with him in the, in the side. I think it's another monstrous performance from him tonight, really. And he, he's just such, such an asset. He lifts this side. And it was interesting last week at the Burnley game, the fact that he was a late um, addition to the starting lineup because we knew Tom was going to, well, we thought Tom was going to be starting it. So he, he showed his, his you know, the setup of, of that goal last week at Burnley. He's instantly adding more to it but Dave Davis is he giving us what you think well for a promotion side you you know we had we had three goal scorers last time we got promoted the first time we got promoted um, with the other Slavan um, he's not exactly making himself a first choice or is that just because he's doing the job that he's been given well, I think he is he clearly is first choice he started today. Um, no, you know what I mean, like like a uh, not just first choice, I know, thing, but like, you I mean know. like untouchable, you know, indispensable. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I think I think when all all being equal, I think he probably should be our main striker and should be our first choice. I think at his best this season, he has been really really good. He has been at the heart of all nearly all of the like properly good performances we've had. It's often come when he's played well and he's been on song. 
but he also has obviously he's had problems with his fitness which is still a bit of an issue for him he he all you know he, he can't really last 90 minutes it seems he always gets tired but I felt a bit sorry for him tonight actually I thought first half as Jace went into he didn't get enough of the ball he was making runs he was frustrated that he wasn't getting the ball into his feet wasn't getting much service from out wide but then second half he had a couple of opportunities where he could have scored he was in the right place at the right time and keepers have made good saves and he just you know blocks on the line and stuff um, I think of all the strikers we've got with him, Arouge and Enesson Belonga I think he, he's the obvious first choice I think Mike, um, you went here, uh, David did, men- David did mention um, the slightly poor uh, path Su- suitably miserable were you Dave I hope about it <laughs> I mean it's the sort of uh, on the contrary <laughs> I, I, I'm all for it <laughs> entertainment above all Bartman, else. Yeah. Bartman's path or whatever you want to call it out absolutely led to their second goal the if VAR was around apparently it wouldn't be but it, it counts it did look offside but I mean it's you've got, we've got to cut those errors out and I think what I do love about the overall performance is that they showed the grit and they showed the the, the cojones alright Troy um, to, to come back and get stuck in and to win the game but they've got to so now they've sort of ticked that off once and that, let's not forget this is off the back of a, a really really good point away at Burnley that's a good four points in the last seven days or so but they've got to cut that nonsense out. There's far too much of it. You can see it creeping a little bit with Porteous and Hurt tonight. They're sort of starting to look a bit... Well, a bit it's not nonsense, though, is it? They're try, he's made a mistake. He's yes, trying to play bad. a certain way, and he's, he's not executed that pass well. And, you know, the bloke is not Edison. Like, he, he's not going to be pinging six-yard <laughs> balls onto a, onto a full-back's feet and stuff. So, you know, he's probably having to adapt his own game to a style that he has not been used to playing at Watford. And it is gonna, it's going to happen now and again. So I, I don't, you know, I don't think. Again, it was everyone was up in arms around me saying, yeah. "Oh my God, just get rid of it." But no, that's not, that's not the point. No, no, no it's, uh, that is entirely fair. But I think the first goal, the 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 other, the first equaliser was avoidable as well. There's opportunities to clear the ball, and in a game like that where you're you're trying to sort of, we don't score a lot of goals. We're struggling to hit the back of the net. We're struggling to work out what our optimum sort of attacking threat is. I mean, you're right, Dave. I think Keenan Davis is going to be absolutely vital for us in the... Can we call it the running yet? Whatever there is, 15, 14 games. It's, he's absolutely vital as a, as a focal point. But you, we can't, we've got to cut that out at, at the back, those mistakes. I absolutely take on board what you're saying, Dave. And I think you're, you're right to make an impassioned defence of him. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mistake. It's a bad one. And, it, and it's cost us a goal. But there's two mistakes two goals and we could have that could have gone either way and you lose that game tonight or you even if you draw it really with the with the and you look at it in the cold light of day the chances we had at 1-0 we didn't put them away and it's another we're walking away flat again and we talked about confidence the players are going to be flat again and Slav is looking over his shoulder again so I'd, I'd take on board absolutely what you say David Goal, goalkeepers are on a hiding to nothing when they when they make a mistake they often lead to a to a goal but it's you can't not say it's disappointing to see to see us give a goal away like like that there you go I feel better now <sighs> and rest <laughs> off we go to Sheffield uh, do well, you not actually off I go to the train oh! yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you on Saturday Mike Love bring it. on the blades HMS up the league we go <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it always has to happen on a midweek the midweek game. The Dave Dash. The Dave Dash. Um, yeah, Sheffield United, uh, yeah. Dave points out, 11 points ahead of us, he said. When they're eight points ahead of yeah. us. Well, 
the positivity out of this boy today is un unbelievable, <laughs> Michael. You, were you with him during the game? Was he drinking? <laughs> he was. Uh, yeah, I thought so. Good, good <laughs> old boy. Two before the game, that's it. But no, so, I mean, look, these these games, the games against, well, these games aren't going to define our season really, in terms of in terms of points. I don't think because it's, we're either going to get into the playoffs or not. Um, but do you think today? I, I always felt. We've got um, after we had Burnley, we had this one against West yep. Brom, we had Blackburn as well, yeah, and right. then and then Sheffield United. It was almost like the Blackburn and the West Brom games were more important to to, to show ourselves yeah, and our strength and everything because they're the teams we're going to be battling with. Yes, a win on Saturday gets us closer yeah. to Sheffield United, and they haven't had a great yeah. run, and they could easily continue a yeah. run, whatever. But they these games felt more important than. Like you yeah, not season defining on Saturday. No, you're, you're right. Actually, I think I, I regret saying that. I think they are probably they they may well be season defining because we've got to play ourselves into into some sort of form, and of course, points <laughs> help with with the table, help with the league table. It's a whole point, Mike. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I, I, I miss I misspoke a little bit there, but. It, it, on the face of it, it wouldn't necessarily matter if we didn't get a result at Sheffield United because they're in the top two, and that's not necessarily mm. the, the table that we think we're dining at. That said, we've picked up a point away at Burnley, four points off the champions elect. We've we've felt like I'm not going to say we've turned a corner, but we've turned in a performance yeah. that we've been absolutely gagging for here at Rickeridge Road. The players will have a spring in their step. The fans will have a spring in their step. Sheffield United are thinking. Oh God! Yeah, down to four points, so they won't necessarily be worrying about us. They'll be looking at Middlesbrough and what they're doing. They're thinking, oh, I don't know who Middlesbrough have got, but oh, now Watford are playing like this, and they're and it, we've talked about Ismail Assar, we've talked about Jao Pedro, we've talked about Keenan Davis, players who, in an away setup, can be really, really dangerous and really, really dangerous against a team who might be a little bit tentative. You've got to give Sheffield United credit. Obviously, they're not where they are because they're a poor team I don't think they're going to collapse in, entirely and just sort of start quivering in the corner <laughs> but if we keep Bramall Lane quiet for, for 20 minutes half an hour it gets nervy and our players are good enough they are good enough to play at Sheffield United we've beaten them once this season so I think all things considered it's a great time to go there we've we've done our bit really and we've picked up the, the, home, the home win that we so desperately needed we can now go and give it a go up at Bramall Lane and see if we can't make those those blades jitters a little bit more more pronounced. So, whilst you know it's not going to be the end of the world if we don't get a result up there, but I think we can go into it now with a little bit of a little bit of hope and and dare I say a little bit of excitement. Ooh. He's a bit different as well. What is it with you two <laughs> no, I today? Wasn't drinking. <laughs> uh, Jason, though that whole thing we've talked about, well, the possibility we've talked about, you know, playing a team like West Brom, a bit more, you know, robust. Yeah, more of a Davis game. He's just walked past us. A Rouge just walked past us um, as he walked his way up Occupation Road for some sort of transportation. He, I don't know what Sheffield United are going to be like. Are they a little bit more, what's the word, classy? Where a bit of space for him might, at least some time. I, yeah, again, he, perhaps he's a bit too simplistic. But I, I said the same thing before Burnley, didn't I, about giving a Rouge a chance at Burnley because there might be some more space behind and, and as I mentioned earlier we, we, you, you don't really get that from Davis. I, mean, I think he was trying to do it first half like Dave said but we weren't spotting the runs um, so perhaps a couple of things need to happen to, to make the most of a rouge do we need to get loser back in the side yeah. someone who will be able to sort of spot those runs better than, than those that are in the team at the moment um, 
I think, yeah, I think I'd still give Arouge a chance. I want to see what he can do. And, and perhaps just a, a rest for Davis. We talk about how he struggled with fitness. A rest might, might do him some good. There's probably people there now shouting, going, they're professional footballers, they should be able to play week in, week out. Yeah, the old days, muddy pitches, blah, blah, blah. But it's a different game these days, isn't it? So I'd, 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 I don't want to fall into the trap of the best players are, are those that aren't playing. And especially when we've just come off the back of a win. Mm. I would like to see a Rouge given a, a chance and, and just to see what he can do and do something different. I don't think they're going to throw him on the scrappy. I think he, no. there's too much about him. There's, he's obviously, the, I've said it before, John, I know you you think you love it. I mean, he looks like a striker. He looks like he's nimble, he's quick. I think if you get the ball at his feet in the penalty box, he's going to ask a question of the goalkeeper. But are you, going to, you, are you thinking we, again, we are only thinking here, He's more of a player because he came on against Burnley when we were ahead, yeah. but actually really thinking, no, we're just holding on here. If he'd come on today, where we weren't ever really looking like we were just going to yeah. stick what we've got, he is the twisting option, yeah, the would qu- you? The question is, yeah, how, how do you get a player like that into the game? We mm. haven't unlocked that. We haven't cracked that code yet. And that's my concern. And that's why he didn't start tonight we've gone back to Keenan Davis quite rightly so as, as Dave's alluded to there he is the number one striker I would say at the club at the moment um, so he's I mean I think he's a fabulous option to have off the, off the bench there's absolutely no question we've seen nowhere near his best he's had a rude awakening to the to the championship a rude awakening yeah a rude for a rouge and as everyone should expect I don't think there's anyone necessarily disappointed or flailing in their arms around saying well that was a waste of time signing him we've got plenty of games left to go and there's going to be plenty of opportunities to to get players like him into the game but that is a job for the for the coaching staff and and this squad to to be able to play players like that in and to to make the most of them we're not we're not we're just not there yet two players I want to quick touch on them didn't play tonight weren't even in the squad one is Espria yeah really got missing nowhere around and the other one is Kamara who we didn't really miss yes we talked about the mistake from Morris but I think we've had a couple of mistakes slash red cards and yellow cards from Mr Kamara different things but still very important Jason strange that they're they're not especially Espria yeah Espria you wonder if earlier on in the season he sort of had a a couple of chances just to to get a goal Mm. you just wonder if something like that if that had gone there was one where he sort of went past the keeper at Swansea Um, it was a little dribble it would have been an insignificant fifth goal against Luton um, but you just think if something like that had gone his way would that have made a difference give him a bit more confidence because he, he, he there's something not quite there there is a player there mm. but he's not quite the finish article yet and you wouldn't expect him to be at no. his age and and there are players now with the likes of, of Luton coming back in with with the the strikers that we've got with um, and with Pedro sort of ruling the roost in the number 10 mm. role and we saw Loser come on and sort of play that role we know he can play that role I think he did that at Stoke didn't he so well mm. when he came back before he, he he is down the pecking order and yeah he needs clearly needs some sort of focus to, to continue his development and, and perhaps not being in the first team at the moment is that yeah I do you know when we talk about Kone and not that he had a bad game but he could play that role he could play he put some beautiful long passes through for several goals this, this year are you looking forward to, to, to Bramall Lane, Michael? I'm looking forward to Bramall Lane, yeah. I mean, like I, go, like I say, we go, I said for the last sort of month or so, there's a chance that the rest of this season could be fun. 
and you have to say that that game this evening we yeah, saw against fun. West Brom was, was fun. It was topsy-turvy. It could have gone either way. West Brom were up, we were up, the crowd got going in the second half. It was... It was entertaining, that's what football should be. And we're in a lucky position in as much as we are still in the playoff shake-up. We're going up to Sheffield United, a big game, one of, probably the biggest game in the Championship uh, at the weekend. Um, and it's, there's an opportunity for these players to prove themselves, to continue to prove themselves. We've taken a step in the right direction today for the first time in a long time, I think. Yes, we've had decent results. Yes, the draws have been OK. We haven't been being... We haven't been losing games. We haven't looked absolutely abject, but we, we've looked much better tonight. We just looked stronger and more fit, and more up for the fight tonight, and that gives us uh, us hope for the rest of the season. Like I said earlier, we, we haven't turned a corner, but we can see the corner, and we're indicating. <laughs> and we, are we going to are we going to go round it safely and and then on that sort of lovely straight A road to the uh, to the playoffs and and beyond? I hope so. This team can do it. This team can ask questions of the opposition and there's lots lots to, to, to admire tonight I thought James Morris was brilliant I thought the way he kept going was superb even after the mistakes he's still showing for the ball we've talked about Ken we've talked about Isma we've talked about about João Pedro losers coming back it's there for us they just need to get it together and they need to really want it they have to because I think that is an, an allegation that I am prepared to lay at their door. How much do they actually want this? How much are they going into the change the dressing room, the training ground? And they get in there fifteen minutes early and say, Right, come on, lads, let's do the extra. Are they looking at each other and say, Come on, come on, come on? I don't know. I don't because it, it doesn't look like that to me up until now. But tonight they've showed a bit of blood and thunder that we've been crying out for as supporters. Keep that up and we'll be happy and we might just get the fun that we hope for. I like this. I like this mic, Jace. I reckon mm. it's different. You talk to me after he? Sheffield United. <laughs> well, I won't. But you'll be chatting to some other people that away because we'll have an away game, away day podcast for you to listen to, Jason and Geordie. Uh, it's going to be an old boys podcast. We'll chat about the ex Watford place. I don't like what you're insinuating there. Mate. <laughs> you're old, Jason. You're older than me, at least. We're both all old around here. But we'll have a, we'll have a good old, uh, uh, ooh, a best, not a best 11, an 11 with a, a slight little twist to it. A competition between yourself and Geordie. I know how much Geordie loves. Geordie loves a competition. He loves it, doesn't he? Uh, that plus a game and all the rest of it to keep you entertained on your trip up to Sheffield United. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome, John. And thank you very much for listening to From the Rip End. Do follow us on our socials if you have, don't already. And off we go to Bramall Lane. Come on, you all! <laughs>